This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray. Hello, everyone. We're live on the Team Business Podcast. Ray and I are thankful you joined to watch us today. And we're especially thankful for James Williams, CHPC, Certified High Performance Coach, for joining. James, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, James. Great to be here, guys. Thank you for the invite. Oh, yeah, man. It's awesome to have you. So a yeah. uh, little different setting today than you guys are used to. Ray and I are coming from you in our office domains because we have some issues in the back room. But uh, pain. yeah, <laughs> sorry for the uh, actually, I cleaned up my office a little bit. I think Ray did, too. But uh, James, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on Team Business, man. Uh, you know, before we get started, tell us a little bit about what this means. Leadership and team performance expert. So this is this is like a I guess a newer rung on my ladder. So I've been doing I've been a certified high performance coach since 2016 um, after a 12 year stint in TV, and you know working you know the first few years primarily working in my wife's business. I spent a lot of time working with female entrepreneurs, chapter one or chapter two entrepreneurs I call them. So the chapter twos are ladies in a second career later life, and chapter one um, newer careers. And one of the things working, coaching new entrepreneurs and also working in my wife's business and helping set that up and, you know, working with the team, I was starting to see leadership from a different perspective because ultimately what I do is, is help people perform at the sort of level that means that they can actually execute at a high level consistently. And there's no more important role than leadership for that to be um, focused on because you know the leader in a company has an influential role across the entire company and i think that a lot of companies big or small have forgotten what that word means leadership you know it's not dictatorship it's not my way or the highway it's a collaborative influential position um an inspiring position and so it's very purposeful to be, for me to now really get involved in not only helping to create leaders but how they then impact their teams and then how the teams can ultimately impact the company and the leader themselves. Cool, man. Uh, hey, Ray, awesome. one thing, when you move the mic, there's a lot of feedback on it. Oh, was it really? Yeah, so just maybe just try to keep it stable. James, before we get to the next question, CHPC, tell us what that, we see these letters, you know, we behind your name looks cool, but what does it mean? So certified high performance coach, and of course, there's a lot of certifications in the world right now. But the reason why this is um, this particular facet of what I do, I'm very proud of, is that um, the Institute of High Performance um, actually spent the time and the money over four years to research the theories on what creates a high performer. And to be clear, a high performer is someone who can perform at a high level, you know, way above and beyond, you know, pre-existing norms consistently over a long term, right? It doesn't mean, you know, energize a bunny crazy person. It means a consistent level of excellence. 
And so they, they did a research over four years, 175 countries to actually try and prove the theories rather than just be theory. And the research all came back uh, solid. And so it's actually, a, it's actually a proven coaching strategy that actually works. Um, and that, that's really important to me because, you know, I'm a very strategic thinker. And I think a lot of coaching can be very just kind of fluffy and very non-specific. Um, and the way I always love to, to coach and research, hence why I got this certification, is, is strategic. So we know what we're working on. We have an end goal and we have strategic elements to work through every single day or every session, depending on how we're working, to get us to a point. Um, to give you an idea, really the six key pillars of a high performer are clarity, which is clear about who you are at your best and where you're going. Energy, obviously, mental and physical energy and consistency is huge in terms of performance. Um, courage, very, very important to be brave enough to have the difficult conversations, to get over yourself and your ego, and to not just play it safe and comfortable, but actually go where the company or where you need to go. The next one is productivity, which is the ability to produce effectively, not just be busy. And then finally, um, Influence. So that's the five pillars. Um, obviously, influence is a really big um, conversation because all of us are influential, whether we whether we like it or not, positively or negatively. Right? How we show up affects our kids, it affects our friends, our wives, our spouses. It affects our team. It affects everyone. And so, how to be influential in a positive way um, is is very important and also very helpful because none of us are on this journey alone. We get to um, encourage others to come on board and help us create whatever it is we're trying to create. So they're kind of the major facets of high performance that we that we have at a core uh, and work on to ultimately create a high performing person. Well, James, that's an outstanding uh, uh, variety of topics there. We'll like, jump in on that for sure in, later in the, in the segment. But uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your background, how you even got into this field and how did it all start? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the plan growing up. I, I'm from a small little village outside of London in the UK. Um, grew up in a family like a lot of others with, you know, the consensus was on get a job that pays the bills, feed your family, don't want more than you need, that's greedy. So, you know, I had a, a dad who worked very hard, didn't necessarily love his job. He just worked hard to, you know, help his family. A mum who had to get a part-time job when I was a bit younger just to help supplement that income. Um, and I always thought a little bit differently, but you know, I didn't know that this as a career was out there. So I actually went down a different route. I, I went to university, did advertising and graphics and ended up in a 12 year career in television where I was involved in production and, and uh, sports. It was a you know, sports TV, which was great, but it wasn't, it wasn't allowing me to be all of me. And I didn't know why at the time until I got invited back to my old university to do some talks for the students. My, me and my old uh, tutor there had a great relationship. And so he invited me back to speak to the students about life after uni. And I really enjoyed it. And I ended up going back a few times and ending up kind of mentoring these young kids on, you know, how to really set yourself up for success outside of university and the world. And, you know, before I knew it, I was kind of attracted to this idea of mentorship from a place of expertise. And so, you know, then what happened is having bounced around a few different job roles within television, I met my wife who was ultimately the catalyst because she did come from an entrepreneurial background, 
had the biggest vision, you know, of, you know, what you could ever expect. She was the most driven person you could ever meet and had a, you know, had, a, had what I call a possibilitarian mindset. You know, she didn't agree with anything being not possible. Right. So I met her, she got into the coaching world. I kind of was over her shoulder looking and thinking, this is a really interesting route to make positive impact. And it was then discovering the High Performance Institute. I was like, you know, this, this guy, Brendan Machard, he's talking about all the things that I love. I'm not a master at this stuff. So, but this is what, this is what I want my world to be all about. So I started studying whilst working still. And eventually got to the point where I was like, do you know what? I, I need to choose one or the other, this career or go full into coaching, get the certification on high performance and go all in. And so I made the leap. You know, I had a very safe job, the pension plan, you know, everything was great. I left um, that job um, from a quite a good position. And everyone except Emily thought I was crazy in telling me that I shouldn't be doing it. But I, I realized that this was something that deep down inside was purposeful. And, you know, when you realize that when you're doing something that's purposeful, your ability to, to give it everything is 10x. You know, you, you really can heighten your level of motivation when there's a level of purpose in what you're doing. And so I dove into that. That was um, that was 2015 that I left. And then it, literally a year to the day that I left my job in TV was the exact day I received my certification as a high performance coach. And the rest is history. You know, I, I worked within my wife's business, coaching female entrepreneurs for a long time, then stepping outside of that as well and working with guys and business owners. Um, and that brings me to today, of, you know, that many years of, of um, personally growing and that CHBC is not my only level of expertise, but really studying, trying to improve myself as a leader and as a business owner and as a performer and ultimately passing that information on and coaching and consulting leaders and, and business owners and, you know, driven human beings that feel that they're settling in some kind of a way, know that deep down inside they have more that they're capable of giving um, and have dreams that they really want to accomplish. And they're, they're no longer going to be held back by their level of energy or their surroundings. And that brings us to today. So I think some, you talked about the five pillars, courage, you know, obviously being one of them, took you a lot of courage huh, to leave a, a stable kind of, you know, I don't know. I yeah. guess you call it nine to five. Well, maybe not in production, not nine to five. Yeah, it was a, it was a stable job. You know, I had a pension plan. I had. I mean, for those that know the difference between Believe. being an entrepreneur or a business owner and working for a company, you work for a company. You go in, you do your job, you get a paycheck. You don't have to worry about anything else. Right. Your business owner, you're responsible for everything. Yeah. Right. If you don't get, if, if the client doesn't pay, you don't get paid. Right. You got to exactly. pay. You got to sort out your own taxes. You got to. You got to be responsible for everything, and so um, yeah, it was huge. And I that first year was a mixture of excitement and massive anxiety. I had some huge periods of um, real stress because I had, you know, I didn't. There was moments of thinking, I, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, because man. this all goes wrong. I mean, Emily's business was very new. Everything was on the line. We yeah, had no backup it's, at it's, all. Mentally, it's. Training. agonizing sometimes i mean i know as a business owner you know you'll you lose a lot of sleep over things that you never thought you would but mm. tell us about the growth edge so the growth edge was a concept that kind of um 
conceptually that was about there's this place so I, I i love the use of metaphors when i'm coaching and so i feel like the journey of entrepreneurship's a bit like going on a big hike and i love the outdoors you go on a big hike and you, you tackle this mountain you know that you, you want to get to say you know the big um glacier lake at the top you think that's my goal and you start the hike and you're very aware that there's going to be some challenges along the way but you don't know what it's going to be like and you don't know the state that you're going to be in when you get there and so you know there's that point where you want to turn around you want to give up but you also know that that is that's like an edge it's a growth edge it's you get the opportunity at that edge to turn back and you know say i gave it a go but i don't i don't want this enough or you go over the edge and you just give it everything because the dominant force is your purpose your goal to get to that destination and so the growth edge is, is where even some of the most successful people in the world they find themselves at it's that tipping point where they can't they're working harder to solve a problem not smarter they're hitting against a wall and they're like for some reason I, i've got this new goal and i'm doing all the things i've always done but i'm not getting there why and it's because they're applying the work harder not change what you're doing and work smarter and there's that growth edge and that's where you got to look within to solve the problem not try a new strategy or employ a new person or read a new book it's okay there's something here that needs to change and that's the growth edge I love it, man. that's awesome um so james so as far as uh being selfish. I mean, how, how do you exactly uh, preach that? I guess through the lack of lack of better saying it to put in team first. How do you how do you go about it's, that? Yeah, this is a question I love to ask because it kind of triggers people. You know that I believe that putting your putting others first. Yeah, putting others first is yeah. selfish. Yeah, well, putting your wife first. I've been wondering this ever since I saw this question. Yeah, <laughs> putting your wife first is selfish. Putting your kids first. Is selfish putting your team first is selfish think about that for a minute right that's not what that's not what my mum taught me right i was told to be selfless to put everyone else first think about that word selfless selfless right now obviously yep. the intention behind that that lesson from you know being brought up was a good intention it's you know to think of others and and you know to be of service which is great but subconsciously, what that does is it, it leads us to serve from an empty cup because I, I having worked with a lot of female entrepreneurs, which is why this has been such a journey I've been grateful for, because there's a lot of incredible, powerful women out there who are now finding that they have permission from themselves to go and have careers and be mums. Right. And I and a lot of them, will, they'll start that journey. They'll be like, you know, you know, I'm burnt out. You know, I've got my kids, my husband. And, and I say to them, do you love your kids? And they're like, yeah. Well, then why aren't you giving them 100%? And they say, well, what do you mean, James? I say, well, if you're not putting yourself first, if you're not figuring out when you wake up in the morning, how do I feel and what do I need to be able to be at my best today to give my best today? So this is what I call intentional quality output. That concept explains that your the quality of your output whether that be being a mother writing some copy on your website um training your team that output and the quality of that output is only as good as the quality you have to give 
right? So a great metaphor here is imagine if I gave Michael Jordan a basketball that was half, only had half the air in it. It was deflated. And I said, Michael Jordan, there's this basketball. You're the best basketball player in the world. Go and, you know, take it past all these players and win. He wouldn't be able to do it because it doesn't matter how good he is. If the, if the ball's not full of air, the, it's not going to perform. So imagine the air in the ball is your performance. If you haven't pumped yourself up to the best of your ability that day, you're not giving your kids 100%. You're giving them whatever you've got left over, which means you could be giving them 30%, 40%. Is that caring about your kids? Is that caring about your team? And the truth is, is that if you spend the time with strategy, knowing how to increase your level of quality output, that time you've lost doing that is made up because then your quality of output means you get more done in less time. Then rather spending two hours of I'm not really there with my kids, paying attention to my phone and I'm exhausted, into one hour of present real attention that your kids will appreciate, of one hour of real quality output with your team or with your performance that's actually going to produce results that are excellent. But of course, a lot of driven people, they're so worried about losing time, they work through the time that they should be paying attention to, you know, building up their quality output. So that's why putting other people first and not paying attention to yourself is selfish. I love it. It makes so much sense, man. Yeah. And I think it leads us right into the next question. Yeah, it does. Profitable yeah. businesses of you. Right. Can you expand so on that term a little bit? Yeah, so I, 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 I wanted to try and come up with a concept to explain to business owners who have probably heard it all before. Yeah, I know I need to sleep properly. Yeah, I need to eat right. Yeah, I know I need to do this stuff, but I'll do that later. I'll do that when the company hits its, its goal or this other time. Or, I've tr or the classic one, I've tried everything, James. doesn't work for me, right? So I thought, well, how can I come up with a concept that, that business owners will actually comprehend? And that is by helping people understand that this too is a business. And it's a business that has SOPs. It has automations, right? Systems that we set up so that we have to think about it all the time. It has the ability to, to lead profit, in this case, energy. It has profit itself. So anything that, if I, like a business, if I... Um, invest my energy as I might invest my money, I'm hoping to get an ROI, which is the same as or more at, more than my investment, right? So therefore, ideally, I want my, I want my, my energy out to be met with more energy back because that's profit, okay? So building a, a profitable business of you is an intentional quality output. It's like, okay, me learning how to be the best version of me primed to make sure that my output is excellent means that I will have excellent output, more quality in my work and my conversations, which means the chances of my ROI being quality are higher. Therefore, I'm spending less time and I'm being more effective, right? So if you think about, you know, in a business, you need to understand metrics. You need to understand what's working and why it's working so that you can leverage it. And you need to understand what isn't working and why it isn't working so you can get rid of it or change it. But when it comes to the business of us, a lot of people don't want to look at what's not working because we're hard enough on ourselves. It is. 
And that's what I call conscious incompetency. Sorry, unconscious incompetency. There's a lot of very successful burnout people there that don't know why, or don't know what they're incompetent at. And some of them don't even know what they're competent at. So their metrics in the business of them are all over the place because they have no idea what's going on and why things are happening. So step number one, like in any business review, like in an audit, is to gather all the information, right? What's working and why is it working? And what isn't working and where are the flaws and why are they there? Now we have information, now we have metrics, and now we can take that data and we can do something with it to make this business more profitable, which a profitable business of you increases performance, which means that your biz, actual business is more profitable because it's getting more quality output. I mean, it's common sense, right? Love it. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's great insight. I love that. So uh, what can you, uh, what can we all do to show up and deliver at a higher level more consistently on day in day out basis? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, as you can imagine, there's a lot of deep hardcore strategies, but we can start with something very, very simple. Um, because ultimately, as I just described there, step one is all about awareness, right? We can't do anything unless we have information. Okay, so the first thing I think that I would encourage everyone to look at is just their day, one day at a time. You know, we're we're living in a world that's very, very fast paced and most busy people aren't here in the moment. They're in the future planning and thinking about what hasn't happened yet or they're in the past anxious about what did happen and worried about it happening again. So step number one is gather information. So know how to use those rooms, right? Using that future room to plan and, and gather what it is you want to do and using that past room to, you know, for what it is, it's a library to gain data about what exists, what has existed, what's worked and what hasn't worked so that I can make decisions in the moment as to where I'm going. So one way to do that, if you think about just daily, let's talk about energy because a lot of people would like more energy, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody, so, right? The, the easiest thing to think about with energy is rather than worrying too much about um, bringing too much in, let's focus on what you can just do very simply to maintain energy by not bleeding energy, right? That's the easiest thing, you know, tapping the, the leaks. So if you think about the first hour in your day, right? Let's say you start that day and that first, that first hour and you are at your maximum energy capacity that, for that day. Whatever that is, it's your 100%. Let's say you work for an hour and then let's say you lose 10% of energy working for an hour. So now you're at 90%. Imagine that every hour all the way through the afternoon where every hour you're losing 10% of energy. You get to mid afternoon, three, four o'clock, and now you're, you know, you're lower, which is a typical time. And now you're thinking, well, if I have a client call at five o'clock, that person's not going to get the same quality person that the person at nine o'clock got. And that's not going to be a successful business. So what can I do? Well, rather than trying to gain back a whole chunk of energy in the afternoon that's going to require more from you, the easiest solution is to say, well, what can I do every hour to get back that 10% so I start the next hour back at 100% again? Well, we gain information, right? So tip for everyone, set an alarm on your phone for every 50 minutes. And when that alarm goes off, just spend two or three minutes, that's all, undoing where the energy's gone. Majority of the time, it's I'm sat down, therefore 
sitting down is not a good place for a human being. You get resting cortisol in your joints. Your body's not asking for a lot of energy because of the, because you're sitting. You're staring at a screen, which gives you eye fatigue, and that drains your energy. When you're sat down, and you guys are going to start breathing funny now, you're not breathing properly. You're breathing very shallow, and the brain needs oxygen to think. But because you're relaxed and you're staring at a screen, your body's not breathing much. So you're getting you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain. Most people aren't drinking enough water, so they're dehydrated and they don't even know it. And also you're focused in a very narrow way, right? So you're not using your peripheral. So that holding that focus also takes a lot of energy. So you can just undo all of that. So you get to two or three minutes, just stand up, move around, get the blood going, take some deep breaths, drink some water, look out the window, stretch your vision a little bit, you will undo that, bounce around a little bit, just get the energy flowing. You'll gain back that 10% and you'll start the next hour more energized. You do that every hour for two or three minutes, you will feel more energy at the end of your day. You do that for an entire week, you will have a more consistent week. Like that strategy alone, if you commit to it for a week, I guarantee you, you're gonna feel the difference. And that's the most basic thing I can tell you. So you don't think like having a monster every day at three o'clock is good? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, do you want to you, like, do you want to actually tell you why? Like, yeah, really, tell me why. Yeah, tell us why. Because <laughs> and business owners think really interestingly. Um, they think about they don't think about long term. They think about quick wins, and it's the same with their energy. Quick win, quick win. No thought about what's going to happen next. Right, same with your year end, right? Let's just think about the year end and not worry about what decisions are going to affect next year. So you have a monster energy drink at three o'clock. That is going to be in your, that caffeine and that sugar is going to be in your system for eight, nine hours, okay? Which means that A, that frantic energy probably isn't particularly effective anyway. It's more reactive energy, not excellent output. And when it comes to your evening and going in bed, like if you were to wear like sleep data ring, sleep data ring or a sleep tracking device, I'd be able to dig into that for you. You're not going to sleep properly, right? And sleep's such a big thing with performance because, and this is how I convince my wife to take her sleep uh, seriously. If you're not sleeping effectively, you're losing money. You're losing money because you need effective REM and effective deep to sleep, to, to properly repair, right? If you think about going down the gym, when you're lifting weights and tearing your muscles, you're not building muscle when you're lifting a weight. You're not getting fitter when you're running on the run machine. You're doing your body damage and your body's saying, oh, I need to adapt now so that I can do that next time better. And that, that muscle regeneration and that cardiovascular fitness only improves if you get the proper nutrition and rest for it to fix itself. It's the same with stress. If I'm working all day and I'm reading books and I'm having meetings and I'm focusing on my business, I'm trying to make it better. None of that stuff is going to improve your business or your health if, you, if it can't be restored at nighttime during sleep. So you, instead of like improving, you're damaging yourself, which over a period of time is called burnout, which you can't run your business. Your business goes to the, to the toilet and that's, you know, you're done, right? Yeah. 
You have something called sleep pressure in your, in your brain. It's a chemical in your brain that builds up during the day. And if you don't get effective sleep, that sleep pressure doesn't drain out. And there's no way during your day of draining the rest of that out. So if it's not completely empty, your performance is limited, no matter what you do, no matter how many monster drinks you drink, you will not be able to perform at your best if you don't drain that out during a, a restorative deep sleep. Amazing. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right. And why don't people do it? Time. James, I don't have time to spend two hours before bed relaxing and turning off my computer. But what people fail to recognize is that time, the only reason you don't have time is you're working inefficiently because you're not giving quality output. Right? Yeah, time is always like being high performer is that you get to work less, achieve more, and be happier and have more energy and be and you know not be stressed. Yeah, it's like everybody right. always, you know, they always talk about time. I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that. I mean, My, even I, I mean, I, I'm listening to what you're saying and especially when it comes to sleep, because something I have a hard time overcoming as a business owner is if I have like a big day tomorrow, no matter how much I prepare for it and I'm ready for it, whether it's giving a speech or presentation or I have to get up at 5 a.m. or whatever it is, I, that night, the pressure just doesn't allow me to sleep. So now, like you said, I'm now I'm playing from behind because I didn't sleep well. I have this busy day. I show up, I probably look like a zombie. Then the rest of the day I'm is brutal. You know, then it's like, do you have other business owners that you coach or leadership that has that issue? Is that something that you hear about? It's like 99%, right? And, and like, let me show you some compassion here and, and teach you how to treat yourself. It's good that you care that much about performing well. Right, you're not you're not not sleeping well for a bad reason. You're dedicated to your work, and you want to do a great job, and you care, and that's why you're nervous about it. Right, it's a good thing. But the shift is okay. If you think about the business of you, right? What can I do to start to set up an internal SOP that will allow me to switch off and be relaxed in the evening, so that I can perform better the next day? And it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Right, it's it's an SOP. It right. takes time to integrate and for you to recognize and feel the difference, so that you can do it long term. So it takes commitment, right? Um, and it's totally possible. Like this, all this is even further back than your psychology. This is your nervous system. Your nervous system is yeah. used to running at a certain pace, and if it slows down, your brain freaks out because it's like, oh my god, don't slow down. You're not ready. You're going to fail at this talk unless you're on. That's all it's right. saying. All we've got to do is, is reteach it. But actually, the opposite is true. So that you know, like two hours before you go to bed, you're like, I have done everything I know I can do to be prepared for this speech. I've done everything. And there's nothing more that I can do. <laughs> right? And it's, it's your head on many that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And so now my job is to do the opposite of what I do in the morning to get myself going. It's to get this thing slowed down, get my body relaxed, and actually be super grateful that before a big presentation, I get to relax and not have a care in the world and sleep. And, and you can train your brain to do that. And the result 
is that A, you don't look like a zombie, you perform next level, and after your speech, when people come up to you wanting to have conversations, you are sharp, you know what to say, you know, your people are so inspired, they're leveling up, they just want to be around you because that kind of energy is it sucks people in, right? Now that one speech has has had a profitable result that it would normally have taken five speeches to have. Thank you, man. That's Are you willing awesome. to put the time in? Right. right. That, that inner monologue with yourself. <laughs> well, James, you've been, I mean, wealth of knowledge. Thank you. I think I can really see like high performance, you know, like what it means to be what you do, you know, and uh, that's awesome, man. So we'd like to, we'd like to finish up with some feel good questions. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. So, sports. Um, we're big. Bray and I both are big sports fans. Team business, you know, we like to talk about teams, and of course, sports teams are you know a lot of people enjoy watching. How about yourself? What's so, your um, as a as a Brit, I'm, a, I'm obviously a big soccer fan. Um, I'm a Tottenham Hotspurs fan, which does come with its own challenges. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I actually also love mixed martial arts. I, I did a lot of that as a kid. Um, I, I, I love the discipline and the controlled emotion of, of mixed martial arts. You know, a lot of people see it as just violent, but actually it's really controlled uh, discipline. I, I just love that. Um, it's, a, it's a true performance, in, you know, philosophy. Um, and, uh, but generally all sports, especially team sports. I mean, I, I can't wait till I can go and see being a you know an environment in a stadium again i think whatever sport yeah. it is it's such a special environment um here in the us obviously getting to know american sports a bit more um big fan of college sports over here cool man right i'll let you do i'll let you take the real tough one <laughs> yeah so i mean this is a good one uh so your better half uh your other half uh what would you say would be the uh what she likes most and least about you. Are they allowed to be the same thing? Yeah, it, it's so funny you just asked that, man. It's, it usually always is. Yeah, nine out of ten of the of our guests, it's the same thing. Pretty common. So I'm definitely more of an extrovert, right? Which means that I I gain a lot of energy being around people. My wife is more of an introvert, so she's not shy by any means, but she definitely enjoys time on her own, right? And you put her in a big party full of people, and she, you know, she dip in and out. And I think that what she loves and probably gets irritated with me the most is that I'm a talker and I love to talk to people and be, you know, be around a lot of people. And when she's with me in that environment, it can be a lot, right? And, you know, so if she's with a lot of people and, and with me, I'm getting everyone elevated up. And um, sometimes it can be a bit much for it. So it's a definitely a, a laughing point in our house for sure. <laughs> funny yeah you say that but it's, it's so funny because i think that's just common that people that are closest to us you know our strongest and our are sometimes our strongest personality traits or our strongest characteristic traits are also what could annoy people the most <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> the other thing that's quite funny you always say this as a brit there's something in the uk if you go around someone's house in the uk they will offer you a cup of tea Right, out of any drink in the entire planet, it'll say, Would you like a cup of tea? And it's very normal over there. And of course, when anyone comes around here, or even if Emily's upstairs, I'll always say, Would you like a drink? Do you want a cup of tea? 
And so she always jokes, stop pushing the drinks. <laughs> I'm always asking her. But it's just like a normal trait. But it's so uh, it really yeah. is true, huh? It's a, it's a cup of tea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's when I think about it now, it's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? Out of all the but they it's still in the present day, people still do that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You go around someone's house, they'll offer in, in the UK, they will offer you a cup of tea. And then you just brew up the tea for it and yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you just always thought that was just a, like a figure of speech or something that people maybe did. No, really did. That's a generalization that is true. That's funny. So, everyone, thank you. James, thanks so much for your time. Man. Yeah, thank you, really, James. Really, I appreciate yeah, you guys inviting me on this show. It's incredible. Um, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we enjoyed it, man. We can see your energy and, you know, I'm sure that when you coach people, you're able to transfer that into them you know and teach them well so uh if for those watching if you'd like to get in touch with james you can visit him on his website thegrowthedge.com or shoot him an email james at thegrowthedge.com also linkedin james do you like to are people okay to connect with you on yeah LinkedIn? i'm on linkedin james rs williams you'll see yeah. me on linkedin james R. james rs williams or if you'd like ray or i to to introduce you or connect you with james in any way you know how to get in touch with us and uh, we had a really good time on this episode of Team Business. So thanks for joining. Thank you for watching. James and Ray, any uh, sign-offs for you guys? As usual, support a local business, right? Yeah, support, support local business. And, and especially the year we've just come out of, support people, right? Be, uh, maybe you think that a great ending message was try and replace judgment with curiosity. I think that would be a useful thing in the world right now. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Great. We'll see you guys next time on the Team Business Podcast. Thanks.